0: Star Wars 7x7, episode 3384. We're continuing our series of looks back at the Ahsoka series and the characters we met and what we learned about them. And today we're going to talk about the Big Bad in the series that's Grand Admiral Throne. Punch it! Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Grand Admiral Thrawn makes his live-action debut in the Ahsoka series, and oh boy, is it compelling! I will say, Lars Mikkelsen did a fantastic job translating the character from animation to live-action. It is interesting to see a Thrawn who is 10, 12 years older from what we saw in the you know in the animated series. He is definitely 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 showing the signs of his age at this point. And it seems perhaps that he's lost a step in regard to his mental acuity as well. Of course, he is famous for being seven steps ahead of everyone else, of being able to look at a person's background and culture and get a feel for how they're going to behave in certain situations as a result. He has this information for Ahsoka, and yet he makes a couple of unforced errors. For a start, there's a thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about Thrawn bombarding the debris field to chase Ahsoka out of there. And I had somebody comment on YouTube and suggest that the reason why that was a good thing was because, as Thrawn talked about, they wanted to you know, put Ahsoka on a path of their choosing and be able to better anticipate what she might do because they were putting her on the path as opposed to letting Ahsoka define the path for the engagement. And yes, there's absolutely a perfectly reasonable logic to that. I think the only place where I have a little difficulty with it is in the notion of time. One of the things that Thrawn said was, you know, the most important for dealing with was the matter of time, that they were limited in their opportunity to depart because they had to get every piece of cargo, as they called it, (laughs) up from the catacombs and transferred onto the Chimera. So they were beholden to that situation and so they needed to let Ahsoka burn off as much time as possible. I feel like if they had let her sit in that debris field for longer, then she would have burned off more time. That would have been a valuable resource for her and they could have just started firing upon her when she started moving because they had a complete bead on her location. So yeah, that's that's my take on it. But again, it's definitely a very logical idea to say, no, just bombard the field now and put her on the path that you want to put her on. I guess ultimately it just doesn't seem like it was the cleanest victory because ultimately Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra were able to get to the Chimera and almost got all of them on board. At least they got one and that was definitely more than Thrawn wanted to get on there in the first place second unforced error is around the idea of troop allocations or force allocation in the sense that he only sends two troop transports to deal with Sabine and Ezra but talks about how he's never again going to be surprised by the abilities of the Jedi and what they can do. He does admit to the fact that they have a limited number of personnel and so they have to be a little judicious with how they're deploying people and so perhaps he might have sent more if the conditions were more Ideal, but he thought two you know troop transports would suffice. They certainly did not, and then there was the idea of only sending two TIE fighters to engage that Jedi ship. <sighs> yeah, and you know we don't necessarily know if they were having a shortage of pilots and ships too. But thankfully that worked out. On um, you know from Thrawn's perspective, thankfully that worked out because they lost the two TIE fighters, but they downed the Jedi ship. So it definitely delayed the heroes for a longer period of time and gave Thrawn more of an opportunity to escape without additional incident. But really the unforced error that is just driving me mad basically is why when the cargo transfer was complete, didn't Thrawn just take the ship up into orbit, and why instead did he call the hyperspace ring down from orbit and decide to dock for it right there rather than doing it in orbit, which is what we've seen every Jedi starfighter do in live action and in the end in animation, right? Like that's how hyperspace rings get used, they get used in space. So, why they had to bring it down to the planet. I just don't know. It seems like it was one of those decisions made so they could figure out how to get Ezra on the Chimera and that was just a solve for a story problem, basically. But logically speaking, it just doesn't make any sense why Thrawn wouldn't just get out of Dodge if he was so concerned with the possibility that Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra would be able to get to the Chimera. Just fly up! And as a result of that unforced error, he had to send Morgan Elsbeth to delay Ahsoka so that he could finally get the ship up and out of there. And so it was only Ezra instead of Ezra and Ahsoka and Sabine. And the three of them together would have caused a heck of a lot of trouble, naturally. But yeah, gosh. And then, of course, because Morgan Elsbeth got taken out by Ahsoka, that puts him now not necessarily in the good graces of the Great Mothers anymore. I'm sure they're perfectly happy having been brought to Dathomir, but... Uh, there was a line from Mother Talzin about, you know, loyalty when Count Dooku was basically trying to get the Sisters to be on the Separatist side. And um, she basically said, you know, we're only loyal to our own. And so I thought about that when you know, we saw the Sisters, the Great Mothers, having an adverse reaction to finding out Morgan Elspeth was dead and Thrawn saying this is an acceptable loss, basically. Yeah, so uh, I don't imagine that their loyalty is going to be very long lasting and that's going to create another problem for Thrawn. So yes, kind of another unforced error situation there. Still, it was particularly gratifying to have Thrawn give that last little evil monologue over the commas channel to Ahsoka and to name check Anakin Skywalker and say oh yeah, I hope you don't go down the same road he did, making it clear that he knew that Anakin had eventually become Darth Vader, which of course we know from other storytelling, but yeah... (laughs) That was definitely a a fun dig and hints at possible difficulties later on down the road. So now Thrawn's back. He's brought the great mothers to Dathomir and he's got a whole bunch of Imperial remnants that are ready to rally to his cause. Yeah, it's a big deal and sets up future conflict and probably Dave Filoni's movie. As well. Which, wouldn't it be funny if they just called that movie Heir to the Empire, which is, of course, the name of that first Thrawn novel from Timothy Zahn all those years ago. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, he's coming back as an heir to the Empire and has all these Imperial remnants, but, you know, that's the other thing, too the question of why thrawn cares about the empire anymore what does it have to offer him the empire is gone the idea of you know controlling the galaxy potentially seems to be comparatively unlikely now and he's a chiss he's from the unknown regions we don't necessarily know that he is you know totally forbidden and exiled from going back there but You know, the whole reason why he had been reaching out to the Empire in the first place was to find other organizations that could help the Chiss stand up against the Grisk, which was their you know mortal enemy out in the Unknown Regions that we heard a lot about in various Thrawn novels that are in the new canon now. The Empire is definitely not that anymore, and this Imperial remnant is not that anymore either. I imagine that the New Republic is probably not necessarily... Any good in that regard too, but yeah, it's just that's the other thing. Why does Thrawn care about the Empire or the idea of the Empire anymore? We have no idea. And you know, somebody has to have told him by now that the Emperor is dead, that Darth Vader is dead, the Empire no longer exists. Like he has to be aware of this stuff. So yeah, I don't necessarily understand his investment in the idea of a galactic empire either at this point, unless he's just mad about what happened and deciding that he's going to burn everything down as a result. I'd love to hear what you think about that. Why do you think Thrawn cares about the idea of a galactic empire anymore? If you're catching this on YouTube, hey, comments are right there. And if you're catching the audio version, then head over to the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com and please let me know what you think. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be.